Hi, my name's Andy Chamberlain. I'm a writer and creative writing tutor, and you are listening to the Creative Writers Toolbelt, the podcast that gives you practical, accessible advice that you can apply straight away to your own writing. And welcome to episode 39 of the podcast, which is titled The Power of Psychology, Capturing and Keeping Your Readers in the Third Stage of the Story Process. So in recent episodes, we've been looking at the six-stage story process, and today I want to explore the third of those six stages. And if you're new to the podcast or you're not familiar with the six-stage story process, you might want to go back and listen to some of the earlier podcasts. I suggest you start with episode 36, where I introduce the concept, and then listen to episodes 37 and 38, where I explore the first and second stages in more detail. So the third stage of the story process takes us from the inciting incident all the way through to the crisis stage. And it's probably the most difficult stage to talk about because it covers so much of a story. And of course, any story can be told in an infinite number of ways. So what I'm not going to do is tell you what to put in your story. But what I can do is give you the keys to making this part of your story a success. What are the techniques that you can use to keep the reader engaged and immersed in your story? And how do you practically apply those techniques? That's the kind of thing that I'm going to be talking about today. And because this is such a big topic, I'm going to split the discussion around this third stage into two episodes. In this episode, I'm going to start by giving you a brief reminder of the six-stage story process and show you how it works with a real example. And then I'm going to focus on the third stage of the story process by looking at how to build the psychological and narrative structure of your story. Then in the next episode, I'll be looking at the development of characters and themes and setting, and also looking at how some of the planning strategies I've talked about in different episodes can now help you to put this stage of your story together and take your readers all the way through to stage four, which is a crisis. So let's recap on the six stage story process first. Some of you will be familiar with this, but I think it's good to remind ourselves of the overall picture before we dive into the detail. So these are the six stages of that process. Stage one, introduction and context. At the start of your story, you should try to do three things. First, grab the reader's attention immediately through the opening line, opening paragraph, opening chapter of your work. Second, set the context for your story, the setting characters. And third, create the need for change and action. Stage two is the inciting incident. And again, there are three objectives here. First, begin to address that need for change and action that you've already introduced in the first stage. Second, maintain the interest and engagement of your reader. And third, launch them into the next phase of your story. And that next phase is the one I'm going to be talking about today, stage three, the momentum stage. And this spans the gulf in your story between the inciting incident and the crisis. And that takes us all the way through to stage four, which is usually quite a short stage. And the word crisis here is best understood in terms of the Greek word from which it derives. In this context, it refers to a decision. Of course, your characters have been making choices and taking actions all the way through the story, but this is the decisive moment in your story, and it leads into the stage five, which is the climax. And this is, if you like, the big battle of your story. Although it doesn't mean that it's got to be a physical battle. In fact, there could be no violence involved at all. But this is where the central idea of your story, the fundamental values that you have used in the story are engaged and resolved. And then finally, we have stage six, which is the resolution, which is where we see some of the consequences of the outcome of the climax and any loose ends are tied up and the story is closed. 
So that very briefly is the six stage story process. And back in episode 36, I used the example of an English fairy story, Jack and the Beanstalk, to show you how that process works. And I want to do that again briefly here. First, I'll tell you the story and then I'll split it into the six stages. So first of all, here's the story. Once upon a time, there was a boy called Jack who lived with his widowed mother. They had a milk cow, which was their only source of income. And when the cow stopped giving milk, Jack's mother told him to take it to market to be sold. On the way to market, Jack met an old man who offered him some magic beans in exchange for the cow, and Jack made the trade. When he arrived home without any money, his mother was furious and threw the beans out into the backyard and sent Jack to bed. That night, a gigantic beanstalk grew up from the beans, and in the morning, Jack decided to climb up that beanstalk. He climbed it to a land high in the sky, and there he came upon a castle, and the castle was the home of a giant. He knocked at the door, and when the door was opened by the giant's wife, he asked for food, and she took him in. When the giant returned, he sensed that a human was nearby, but he couldn't find him. So instead he decided to count his money and then eventually fell asleep. And once he was asleep, Jack stole a bag of gold coins, made his escape and went back down the beanstalk. Jack returned up the beanstalk a couple more times and he found out about other treasures that the giant owned and he stole them as well. First of all, a goose that lays golden eggs and then a harp that plays by itself. However, as Jack was stealing the harp, it cried out to its master and the giant chased Jack down the beanstalk. When Jack was back on solid ground, with the giant still above him, he called to his mother for an axe, and before the giant could reach the ground, Jack cut down the beanstalk, causing the giant to fall to his death. Jack and his mother then lived happily ever after with their newfound riches that Jack had stolen from the giant. So that's the story, and then let's see how that splits into the six stages. Stage one, introduction and context. Well, we're immediately introduced to two of the characters and the setting. There's the mum and there's Jack, obviously the protagonist. They're quite poor, they live on their own. And we're then captured by the drama of Jack's seemingly foolish decision to exchange the cow for some beans. And we can see here that there's a need for a change in the circumstances that Jack and his mother are in. Stage two, the inciting incident. Well, that's when the beans are tossed out and grow up overnight into a giant beanstalk. So the need for change is being addressed. We can see that the story is being transformed and we want to know what happens next. That leads us into stage three, the momentum stage. Jack climbs the beanstalk and what follows is a series of incidents that are all moving towards Jack's inevitable final confrontation with the giant. We sense that Jack is taking ever greater risks and we know that this has all got to come to a head. And indeed it does with stage four, which is the crisis. The giant wakes and sees Jack and decides to chase him. Stage five, the climax. The giant chases Jack down the beanstalk. Jack reaches the bottom and gets the ax from his mother, chops down the beanstalk and the giant falls to his death. And so we come from there into stage six, which is the final resolution stage. The giant is dead, Jack and his mum live happily ever after, and the fact that they have some money now ties up the subplot of the poverty that they were in earlier, and the story closes. So that is the six stage story process in theory and as a worked example. So let's go back now to stage three of the six stage story process and ask a question. What do I as the writer need to do to continue to tell a great story, the best story I can in this third stage of the story process? Now I suggest there's three answers to that question. The first is this, keep up the pace of your story. And I say this because it's in this middle stage of the story where a lot of writers and readers struggle to maintain momentum. Writers talk about the problem of the sagging middle of their story and readers can often detect when a writer has lost their way in that middle part of the story. 
The second thing you can do to make sure your story is as good as possible is to develop it. And that means using the opportunity in this third stage to enrich the characters, to deepen the setting, to develop some of the themes, to grow and mature your story. And the third thing is to remember that you're pulling everything towards a conclusion. All of the parts of the story must be being brought together for the crisis and the climax. But how do you do all of this? I want to suggest that you do it by making sure that the psychological structure and then the narrative structure of your story are both right. Let me explain what I mean by this. If we start with some psychology, think about the great stories you know across any genre, romance, sci-fi, fantasy, historical, murder mystery, thriller, whatever. In the majority of cases, these tales will have a structure that appeals to the human mind, which appeals to our psychology. And that structure is this. As the story progresses, the stakes for the characters get gradually higher. The challenges they face get gradually steeper. The amount that they have to invest, the amount of risk that they take, and the sacrifice that a whole range of characters are making is gradually growing and growing. And the issues at stake grow larger as the story progresses towards its climax and eventual conclusion. Now this phenomenon is referred to as progressive complications by the script writing expert Robert McKee. And we've been alluding to it in lots of ways all through these recent episodes. If you listened way back to episode 31 of the podcast, you'll have heard me talking about story theory and particularly Freytag's pyramid. And Freytag expressed the structure of story in a diagrammatic form using the shape of a hill or a pyramid. And this third stage of the story structure is like the ascent up that hill. And the best way to get your readers up that hill is to present a story in which your characters are faced with progressively more difficult challenges, progressively greater risks, progressively greater costs borne by the people around them. And if you do this, you can tap into something deep in the human psyche, which is the fact that as a race, we love a challenge. We love taking on a challenge ourselves, and we like to watch others facing a challenge. We are always fascinated by observing others as they face progressively more difficult challenges. And also observing as a situation finally comes to a head. We see this as mountaineers climb up, a, up to a summit. We see it in endless sports competitions, in game shows. And of course, we see it also in art forms that involve storytelling, cinema, TV, literature. This core feature of human psychology is a powerful tool that we can use to keep readers reading. So if you think about the example I used earlier, Jack and the Beanstalk, it's only a fairy story, but at some level, we want to know what happens to Jack and the giant. We know that there's going to have to be a confrontation between the two of them, and we want to see how that confrontation is resolved. And to show you how strong this psychological effect is, just imagine what a story would be like if you didn't follow that approach. For example, imagine you're writing a story about a boxer. He's a kid from the slums. He has nothing, but he goes to the gym, works hard. He has brilliant talent. He's gradually disciplined by an older trainer. Now, when in that story do you think you want him to face his greatest foe, his toughest opponent? When do you want him to be taken all the way to the edge of his endurance? It's at the end of the story, of course. You wouldn't write a story like this and have your protagonist face a massive battle in the ring in his first professional fight and then find that subsequent bouts are all easier and all the way to the top, when he, even when he's crowned champion, that's a relatively easy win. Can you see how that kind of story just doesn't work? It might work in real life, but it just doesn't work in terms of a story and that's because the psychology of it is wrong. Or imagine a telling of Star Wars where Luke Skywalker faces Darth Vader halfway through the first film. Or Frodo manages to cast the ring into the cracks of doom 
while all the rest of the characters are still in the battle for Helm's Deep. As stories, they just simply wouldn't work. And that's because compelling stories have to align with and exploit this psychological truth that readers are captured by gradually increasing challenge, by gradually increasing conflict, by gradually increasing tension. And if you can tune your story to that psychology, you'll go a long way to hooking your reader and keeping them. So what does this psychological structure mean in terms of the narrative structure in this part of the story? In other words, what sort of stuff needs to happen and how does it need to happen to achieve this alignment with the reader's psychology that I've been talking about? Well, this brings us to the narrative structure. And remember what we said earlier about making this part of the story the very best it can be. We said we needed to keep up the pace of the story, grow and mature the story and pull everything towards a conclusion. So thinking about the psychology that we talked about and the objectives we want to achieve, this leads us to adopting three approaches. Number one, build an ever-growing series of challenges and keep raising the stakes. The structure of the third stage of the story should present a series of challenges, which should get gradually more difficult for your characters, especially your protagonists, to deal with. Think about the challenges, for example, faced by the hobbits in The Lord of the Rings. At the beginning, all they're up against is Farmer Maggot chasing them because they're in his field. But then quickly the challenges become far more serious. They have to face the Black Riders, and later when they split into groups, different hobbits have different challenges. At the battle for Minas Tirith, Pippin has to deal with that. And Frodo and Sam, of course, have to deal with the issue of Gollum, and then getting to the cracks of doom and throwing the ring in there. In Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, the challenges that Elizabeth face mount up over the course of the book. There's her own prejudice against Darcy, the problems created by the conduct of her own family, and then the great societal divide that keeps her and Darcy apart, culminating in her fiery exchange with Lady Catherine de Bourgh. So take the momentum and maintain it and increase it by presenting your protagonist and other characters with ever greater challenges, raising the stakes, making the situation more desperate. The second thing you can do is to grow and mature the story. Characters are revealed by tension and stress, by being put under pressure. And we can show who characters really are by putting them in these difficult situations. We can reveal more about the setting of the story by presenting those situations as different challenges arise. And I'm going to be exploring those kinds of themes, those kinds of issues, much more in the next episode. The third thing to bear in mind is to remember that everything in the story should be heading towards the crisis and the climax. After the inciting incident, your readers should have some idea of where the story is going. Certainly they shouldn't know all the details. In fact, definitely they shouldn't know all the details. You want to have something to reveal later on. But they should have some understanding of what the guiding principle of your story is and what your protagonist and antagonist want. So the incidents, conflicts and tensions that you present in this stage of the story should be moving the whole thing towards the climax. So whilst the reader is enjoying and engaging in the situations that happen along the way, they should always be aware of where they're going, where they're moving to. So to give you another example, if you've read William Golding's book, The Lord of the Flies, the tension between the boys who crash land on the island starts relatively low, but it gradually rises as they try to survive. And this is especially true between the major characters, Ralph and Jack. And that's the engine for the progression of the story. We see how the situation that the boys are in gets gradually more desperate and drives the plot all the way through to the crisis. 
In the Harry Potter series, we see tension rise and move to a conclusion across a whole range of characters. Of course, there's Harry and Voldemort, but also between Harry and Snape, Ron and Draco, and even between Mrs. Weasley and Bellatrix Lestrange. And this resolution doesn't have to be a bad thing. In Pride and Prejudice, for example, we see a very sweet resolution of the situation between Darcy and Elizabeth. And again in Harry Potter, we see how harmony comes eventually from a resolution of the relationship between Harry and Ginny, Ron and Hermione, even Harry and Draco. So I know there's a lot to take in from this episode, so let's just summarise it. The way to make this third stage of your story as compelling and excellent as it can be is to tap into the psychological truth that as humans, we love a challenge. We love to watch people engage in a series of challenges. We do it in sport, we do it in all kinds of ways. And so in your story, you should raise the tension and the stakes for your characters. Draw them in gradually towards the conclusion of the story. Draw your readers in as you do that as well. So that's it for today. In the next episode, I'll continue to look at this third stage of story process and explore how, as writers, we can use the challenges and conflicts and tensions that I've been talking about to drive the story and mature it, to enhance your characters, to create settings, to set themes. And in today's episode, I have referred to the following works. Story by Robert McKee, published by Matthew Inn. The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, published by HarperCollins. Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, published by Wordsworth, although in the public domain. The Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling, published by Bloomsbury. The Lord of the Flies by William Golding, published by Faber and Faber. And I've also referred to the Star Wars franchise of films. As ever, there are show notes for this episode on Pinterest. That's at www.pinterest.com. Just go there and look up the Creative Writers Tool Belt. If you want to get in touch with me to talk about your work or to ask me any kind of question, you can reach me at andrew at andrewjchamberlain.com. My website's www.andrewjchamberlain.com. We also have a group on Goodreads. You're welcome to join us there. It's www.goodreads.com. Just look up the Writers Tool Belt. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.